Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. As I've been hinting at, there's big news about the podcast coming soon. I thank you for tuning in and checking out some of our great episodes from the archives. I promise today won't disappoint. Our episode with head football coach at William & Mary, Mike London, is one of my favorites. He's a true servant leader, and that really comes through in this episode. And this is a, a shorter one, but I promise there's a lot to take away from it. Enjoy the episode. I'm excited to be joined today by the head football coach of William & Mary, Coach Mike London. Coach London, it's great to have you here. Coach, thank you for having me. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to spending some time with you here. Coach, I've been able to follow your career as of late and watch a little bit about what you're doing. I got to, to know your offensive coordinator a little bit. Uh, he's been a, a guest on the podcast, and so I, I know things you guys are doing, and I know Andy Ryland from USA Football has been out. Uh, to William and Mary and, and be, been able to get a glimpse on the inside of things. But, um, you know, I'm really excited to have you here. And, and before we get into some of the things you're doing now in your program, just want to touch on your journey through football. And uh, I think a, a lot of our, our listeners are aware, are aware of the things you've done. But, uh, you know, talk us through, I guess, your start in football and, and, and that transition from, you know, playing into coaching. What was it that made you say, hey, I, I want to continue in this game. I want to continue growing this game and, and uh, get on it from the, the coaching side. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to belabor the, the, the point, but, uh, but things worth, worth sharing because I know we have a, you have a, a great listening audience. Um, actually, Wayman Mary was my first full-time job. Co Coach Laycock hired me back in the mid-'90s, first full-time full job. Prior to that, you know, I, I'd had the journey of, you know, playing for University of Richmond as a player, signing as a free agent with the Dallas Cowboys when Tom Landry was the head coach. Spent a cup of coffee with the Cowboys. And, um, you know, a brief stint with the Boys and Girls Club of Richmond, Virginia. But I'd always wanted to be, a, a you know, a U.S. Marshal or Secret Service agent. And so as that materialized, um, the, the quickest way to go that route was first to become a a police officer. And so in Richmond, Virginia, um, there was a police academy that, that I joined right after the, uh, you know, the, the short stand at the, the Boys and Girls Club and, and with the Cowboys and, and became a police officer. And, um, you know, it uh, shortly after 
the academy. Um, I was in uniform for a short period of time, and then I became then I became a police detective. And at that time, in the in the streets and city of Richmond, it had one of the highest crime rates per capita in in, in cities. And and uh, it, you had to you know I, I dealt with the worst of what you know human beings do to each other, and and um, it was one of those things that. The job was following people that did bad things and apprehending them prior to doing that or catching them or 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 tracking them as, you know, as as things were they're planning things. And and so that became, you know, three and a half year career as a as a police detective. And then one one day, one evening, uh, some young men robbed the store and and myself and a partner encountered them. Uh, had a weapon pulled on me, the trigger pulled, and it didn't go off, you know, by the grace of God. So that that makes you think real quick about what you want to do with the rest of your life. And um, and it was fortunate at the time that, you know, I I played for two coaches at Richmond. Jim Tate was the head coach for me three years. And, and since then, Coach, Pate, coach Tate has, has passed on, God rest his soul. And then Dal Sheely became the head coach at Richmond my final year there. And on his staff was Jim Marshall. And Jim Marshall was the head coach at that time. So Right after that incident happened, you know, I kind of believe that, you know, God has a plan and purpose for us all and things happen that change or shape our lives. And right after that incident happened, I wanted to get into coaching and just so happened that Coach Marshall was the head coach who was there when I was a player who, uh, you know, was there at the time that I wanted to make a a career change. And he said, hey, well, you can come and be, you know, kind of like a GA or part-time assistant. So I did that. And I'm like, like a year after that, two years after that, then I wanted to get into coaching full time, and then Coach Laycock, William and Mary hired me full time. So that's how that started. And you know, just been really, we're not going through all the different places, but it's really been a blessing to me to have been a, an assistant coach at a place, and then come back as a head coach. And that's William and Mary now, you know, and Richmond as an assistant, and then come back as a head coach. UVA as a long time assistant and then come back as a head coach. And so now here it's kind of like uh, William & Mary, you know, first job, met my wife here, just all those things. My wife's mother lives 15 minutes, you know, from school. So my wife was like, that's the best coaching job you've ever had, you know. So, uh, you know, so a lot of good things, a lot of great things have occurred. And, and now I'm here at a, at a really good place, special place that I'm used to, that I know um, from the area, and it's good to be back in the state of, of Virginia again. Coach, and looking back at that that beginning from having been out on the streets, uh, you know, where it was tough as a a police officer and then, you know, eventually being the guy who led the the Richmond Spiders to a national championship in, in 2008 and looking back, you know, when after you won that and looking at, you know, what you were trying to do to to help people and help the city back at that time. Uh, in, in a different way to, uh, you know, really being able to uplift that co- community by being an example of excellence. Um, you know, seeing that come full circle, what was that feeling like for you as you maybe look back on that and thought about, you know, that, that path, you know, to that point in your career? Yeah, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a great, great question in terms of the analogy of being a police officer and working the streets of Richmond and, you know, there, there's people there that, uh, that obviously are, are in need of help. And, and again, I, I would say that not all police officers are bad. You know, there's a small group that, uh, that do things that are, that obviously that shouldn't be done. There's some atrocities that, that occur. 
things that happen that are that are not in line with you know like like a guy like myself like all i wanted i wanted to do was just like serve be a servant leader and and, and help people and you know catch the bad guy and, and make sure the people that were living in their communities felt safe um i joined the police athletic league so police officer also in an area where you're you're dealing with the youth and you're teaching them and coaching them so um, you know, it was a profession that, you know, again, that, that, that I, I chose and, and I thought that I could do some good at, and then coming back as from an athletic standpoint, from a coach and then reaching out into communities and, you know, during the, uh, um, you know, I'm a big bone marrow donor, um, um, advocate because I, I, I donated my bone marrow to my daughter Tyson, um, about 14, 15 years ago which actually ended up saving her life after the doctor said the odds that a parent could be a match to her own child were, you know, 10,000 to one, or I've heard crazy numbers, million to one, very rare. To be able to come back in the community and hold the bone marrow drives, to go out and do the, you know, the boys and girl club things, to, to do camps and clinics for youth area coaches, um, to use the stories of having been, a, you know, a player, a police officer, and now a coach in the Richmond community, um, you know, it, it was it was kind of surreal because, you know, I, I went to I went to school at Richmond, so, um, you know, to how you can impact the community by not only what I was doing, hopefully as a police officer, but also as a head coach, assistant coach, player, you know, and then the head coach coming back and winning a championship, you know, for the uh, you know for the school and for the city, so. It's a uh, it, it's a process that, that that you go through and you look back and you just say, man, that was great. And you know, you never let man put a period where God puts a comma. And so he said, that just means, all right. So where else? Where else can I go? What else can I do? So that's that's kind of where I am now. This this point in my career, um, a bit, you know, having been in the ACC and the NFL and you know, just HBCU school at Howard and the Colonial. Um, it, it's been it's been a fantastic ride for me and my family, and now it's great to be back in, as I said, in in, in the state of Virginia, where basically I started my career at Tab High School, then Bethel High School. You know, um, it, it's just one of those things. It's it's been neat to watch. My son's on the staff now, um, and have a lot of good coaches, as you mentioned, Coach Marion, young young good great coach, Vincent Brown, who who, who played in the NFL for several years, has been with me. You know Richmond, uh, Virginia. You know Howard, William and Mary. You know great man. You know great family guy. So I have a great staff of, of guys that hopefully, as you you go along in this profession and you adopt your culture, ours is go to class, show class, treat people with dignity and respect. You 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 bring in those type of men, and so they can be part of the culture of running a program. And and that's that's where we are right now. But um, I, I know your question was about the the similarity similarities between being a police officer and a coach, but it's it's been kind of a kind of a journey to where we are right now, and and uh, very very proud and and, uh, and very humble, you know, to be at this position now and, and have a chance to to do great things. I think the the key word or phrase you said there was, you know, the servant leadership, and I think as you, as you've talked about all the things you've done and the things you're doing as a football coach, really the opportunity that this game presents for us, whether that's in our small community as a high school coach or on a bigger stage, is the ability to go out and, and use the platform we have of football 
to help other people outside of the game, as well as certainly we're, we're developing young men and we're developing leaders. But then to be able to have that outreach, I think, is incredible. And I, I hope that every coach has some kinds of those experiences in their career. If you're not, I think you need to be out looking for them. Uh, I was just telling somebody the other day of, of one of the best experiences I had in the game was when I coached in our, our state's all-star game here in Ohio when I was a high school coach. And you know the work we did at the children's hospital while we were while we were you know training that right. week was just sure. incredible probably one of the most memorable experiences i, I mem- remember it a little bit more than i remember the game but i think when we look at it that's the opportunity in front of us that we have regardless of our title and our position on a staff or where we might be the level we're at is that's what football affords us is that opportunity to be servant leaders and through this game help other people and i i just heard all those things as you were talking about your experiences in coming through the game. Without a doubt, that's a great point, Coach. Uh, and, and so my daughter Tyson, when she was going through the, uh, we were going through the process of chemotherapy and things like that. And, you know, I remember I was an assistant at Virginia and Coach Grow. We had, we were during the spring. And, you know, you normally practice, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And we practice on Saturdays. And sometimes you practice, you know, one o'clock or whatever. But he knew the situation. And, he knew that she was her, my wife and Tyson were staying at John Hopkins hospital. We would practice early, early Saturday morning. And he would allow, which would allow me to right after practice from Charlottesville drive up to Baltimore and spend the day and a Sunday with my wife and my daughter. I'll never forget that because he could have just held practice at, you know, the regular, you know, one o'clock time. And I still would have went up there, but he thought about the process and my journey and, and a personal story. So that those kind of things kind of they 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 go with you, you know. They they travel with you in every place that you go, and, be, and you adopt them in terms of your your own personal philosophy. And then the last thing I'll say: so when my daughter was in the hospital, she saw the nurses and people that would come in and do like physical therapy for people that couldn't, you know, they couldn't walk or they had to get up and walk, you know, because they weren't in the move. And and so because of that, my daughter went to Old Dominion University, became a physical therapist. Because she said, because people would come in and help her, and she saw the nurses or people that came in that were designated to help people to help, you know, to help them walk, to help them do the things that were necessary. And so now my daughter, bone marrow recipient, is, uh, you know, now she's, she's, she's getting her master's at uh, Lynchburg College in, in, uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia. Being a physical therapist, because when she was laying in the hospital bed, she saw people that were servant leaders and came to her and did things for her. Now she's turned around full circle and now she wants to do that with her life. So I'm just, I know it's not coaching, but it's the power of influence. Um, I don't mean to get emotional, but it's, it's, it's the power of influence that we have as individuals, as coaches, what we say, what we do, what comes out of our mouth, how we lead, what we believe in. Um, those are things. So when a gun doesn't go off and when the doctor says you're the match, then you're, you're right. That, is, that, that shapes a, a, a personal philosophy. It shapes a, personally who I am and how I try to deal with the great times and the tough times. We all know, Coach, you know, in coaching, you know, good things happen and tough things happen. If you're in this profession long enough, then you're going to go to, you know, you're going to be let go or you're, they're going to. Schools are going to make changes. It's, it's how you adapt and land on your feet. And so um, I've been really fortunate, like I said, 
to end up in a place that was my first assistant job, full-time assistant job, and now I'll be the head coach. So I'm, I'm blessed, and I just uh, now it's, it's my turn continually, whether it's coaches or players, to be in that servant leadership role. When I look at where you're at now, William and Mary, um, you know, in Ohio, growing up here, you, you would hear of, of uh, Miami University as the cradle of coaches, right? You know, with Woody Hayes and some other guys going through here. But as I look at the history of William and Mary football, there's been some incredible coaches, including yourself. You know, you got to start there. But, you know, you think of, of some of the names of guys who have passed through William and Mary. you got Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, obviously everybody knows who Mike is, uh, Lou Holtz, Marv Levy, Sean McDermott, to, to name a few, like just some incredible coaches have gotten their starts early on in their career at, at William & Mary. So it is a place that's just full of, of football tradition. So I'm sure, um, you know, it's exciting now to be able to to go there and, and you know, build the culture there. And, uh, and again, going back to that idea is that to have a great place to – um, to be a servant leader and to develop servant leaders who are going to come out of your program. So uh, just that there, uh, you know, looking at the, the background, the history of the program, you know, how much does it mean to you be at a place like that that does have a storied history? Well, Coach, I tell you, you're, you, you hit, hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you know, Coach Laycock being there for almost 40 years, 39 years of, of coaching, you know, um, if that's not done nowadays. They're probably, it probably won't be done, you know, as we start moving on forward. But Coach, uh, you know, was a guy that, uh, you know, that has developed uh, a rich history of developing quarterbacks, of of having academic and athletic All-Americans, you know, being in a place that has transformed the facilities that we currently enjoy right now. Um, you know, he's he's one of the all-time leading, you know, winners in, in, in FCS football and college football. So, to have had the opportunity to have worked for him my first initial years in college coaching and then to come back to be named his successor, but also mm-hmm. to have his blessing. That's the other thing yeah. too. Um, you know, it's been really, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been outstanding. And, and the coaches that have been at William Mary, there's been a bunch of coaches that have coached, not particularly that they graduated there, but Dan Quinn, was a GA at Women Mary when I was there. Now you know Dan's you know head you know head, head coach in the NFL now. So there's there's a lot of names you know that you mentioned Mike Mike uh, Tomlin and, and uh, Sean McDermott. They both were players you know when I was here initially, and they've gone on and they've done you know they've done great things you know themselves in their, in their career. So very proud of them. Uh, very proud to represent Women Mary and 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 you know it's okay to be called an athletic academic school um we want the best of both worlds academic excellence and then uh compete for championships on the field and and i believe william mary is that type of school is the type of school that can do that coach as i've looked through your roster of coaches um i i think there's just some really interesting diversity on your staff so for example you have vincent brown uh you know a, a longtime coach was a former All-Pro for the Patriots, played for Coach Parcells. Um, you know, was with you uh, at Howard, I believe. And, um, you know, maybe somebody would consider, like, that old-school guy. You got him on one end. Uh, then you got a guy like Brennan Marion, who is, honestly, in talking to him, he's on the, the cutting edge of 
of offense and and uh you know the the way he looks at things there I imagine there has to be just a lot of uh clinicking internal clinicking going on between your staff of the way those guys can can really bring a lot to the table because they do have a, a diverse range of experiences definitely you know um i remember uh Brennan, when I was head coach at Virginia, we had seven-on-seven tournaments, and Brennan was a high school coach in Pennsylvania, and he brought his team. And you think about it now, normally seven-on-seven, you know, throw the ball, all right, complete, incomplete, you know, get line back up. The kids go to the coach, coach calls a play. They were doing hurry-up seven-on-seven. It was making a lot of people mad, but they were doing, (laughs) hey, complete, spot the ball, here we go, next play on the line, right? And uh, they end up winning the whole thing at a seven-on-seven. You think about it. How many teams do that at a seven-on-seven tournament that they're in nowadays, you know, try to maximize uh, the ability to, after the ball's completed, to get lined up quickly, to, to not look to the sideline and not, I mean, or look to the sideline or already know the play that's going to be called and call it. So that was – and I, so I said to myself, if I get another chance to hire this guy, young coach, uh, I'm going to do it. The thing with Coach Brown, you're right. Coach Brown's Bill Parcells, that whole tree of, of you know uh, Al Gro, you know playing linebacker, and you know uh, is is a phenomenal. You know he's a, he's the associate head coach, uh, is a guy that's going to both those guys are going to have opportunities. Vince is going to have him because he's he's been a D coordinator, associate head coach. He's been a lot of good places. Um, he's going to have an opportunity to be a head coach, and and Brennan the same way, you know. Young coach, hot, you know, is going to be on the on the short list of a lot of uh, you know a lot of places, and you know, and and my job as a coach is to help facilitate the guys that are here to help them to move on because it happened to me when I was with uh, a Jim Reed or 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 Al Grow or or Tom O'Brien, you know, you know they were helping me develop and move on, and um, and we as as head coaches sometimes you know we can't bear our head our heads in the sand. You know, there are guys that want opportunities that are out there to be out there for them. And, you know, um, hopefully you develop your own tree and, and not you develop the tree for yourself. But, but again, faith, family, and football are the, are the reasons why I do things. And, and someone was believed in me and was faithful enough to me to, to hire me as a coordinator or a camp director, recruiting coordinator, you know. And then someone said, hey, well, we want you to be the head coach. So that's a process that you go through. And so – my job now is to, to help these guys that are on my staff. Coach, uh, one of my team members here at USA Football, Andy Ryland, just recently spent some time with you guys and you know talked a, a little bit to Andy um, this morning and, and last night over the course of the week, and you know just giving he's giving me his thoughts on some of the things he saw and he felt like the uh, the learning there at in your program was something he was very impressed with that you don't get that all the time that, you know, especially learning from people on the outside and looking for guys who are experts, maybe from different levels to come in and clinic you. And he was impressed that, you know, you, you guys would bring him in and certainly humbled by it as well, you know, to have the opportunity to come out and serve you guys and, and teach you a few things. But uh, he felt that was something that was probably big to you that, you know, it's important that, in this game, you keep learning and evolving. Oh, you know, without a doubt, I, I, you know, Andy did a great job uh, earlier during the, uh, during the, you know, December spring practice period, uh, Eric Korm, uh, 
our sports and performance director. Um, you know, we, we are into what's happening now, just culturally. And it's it's at some places, but what's happening more and more is that the sports performance is the things about how you practice, the periodization of how you practice, the rest and recovery ratio, uh, the monitoring the heart rates, being being educated on heat stroke, heat exhaustion, sickle cell, um, you know, asthma, being being educated on all those things is is relevant and and it's needed. It, it's needed now, and you know, in particularly our our game and, and the more that a that a me or my staff can be can be coached, teached, uh, taught to, educated by, uh, be informed with, uh, aligned with, or, or something's only going to make what we teach and what we do even better. And the number one goal of all of this is player wellness and player safety. So you have a an in, you know, a group like you know USA Football, you know Andy and yourself. That, that has has done extensive you know research and background have have done some things with some NFL teams some other FBS FCS teams high school youth organizations and say hey this is another way this is another teaching tool these are the things that you can add to what you already do and hopefully create a system or hopefully create kind of a culture of you know um, how you how do you how do you tackle how do you prepare to tackle how do you track? You know, what kind of drills can you use, uh, you know, without full contact in terms of giving you the, the type of movement skills that would allow you to be in the same position when you are in a full contact mode? And so, you know, just like, you know, our, 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 our equipment, our equipment is, is, uh, is, is a five-star uh, in terms of helmets and things like that. Uh, you know, we, we are above standards in terms of what we wear. And so if you take what we wear – um, what you guys do, what Andy did with our team and with our coaches, with educating uh, our medical staff does a great job of you know the whole baseline in young men because of the the instances of concussions and CTE. We're educating our players about you know there's no coach that sends a player back in a game or in a practice. Educating our players about you know what what it may feel like or what it feels like. What are the signs and symptoms if they're feeling uncomfortable if they can't quite get their you know their senses. You know that that there there it's a it's a collaborative effort in how we do things, how we practice. You know we're a team that wants to run 85 plays a game, but there's a way you can train to do that. The old school way of a thousand sprints, let's go. That's over with. Those days are over with. And so um, you know it's 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 something that you know adding you know what Andy does for us and what we're going to do partnering with USA Football is just it's it's another mechanism. It's another uh, uh, technique. It's another entity that's going to hopefully make our program a better, a better program. And then ultimately, you know, uh, emphasize, as I said before, the safety and well-being of our student athletes. I had the opportunity to talk with Aaron, Eric Quorum on the, the podcast, probably back in the, the early days, a couple of years ago when I first started this and he was with the Texans at the time and we talked about sleep. That was, the whole podcast was about sleep and rest. And, you know, when you talk to that guy, I was like, wow, I never even thought of some of these things before. But, like, incredible that, you know, you're implementing these things with your players. That that position, but especially a guy like him in, in, in the staff that he's put together for you guys, um, I think is becoming so important in the game right now that we used to think of, 
the strength coach, you know, is the guy we sent our, our players to. They go lift and they come back to us. But now with how that part of the profession has developed um, into really high performance, you call them performance coaches now, uh, those guys are such an important part really about how we're developing our skills. And as you said, like thinking about the training of our team and, you know, putting putting them on all the, the wearable technology and understanding where they are physically as a player, really all things that help that individual athlete play this game in a, in a, a safe way and maintain his health. But also because of that, it's making us a better team. And, and those, that translates to what happens out on the field on, on Fridays and Saturdays. It does. And, you know, William and Mary, our program, you know, from the president road to athletic director, Samantha Hugie, to, to what Eric has, is, has employed and, and what we've adopted, what I've adopted as a head coach, because it makes sense to me. And I, you know, you're right. There's some, you know, like it's old school, we're going to do it this way. But I've always done it this way. Um, it, it's, it, you know, we, we live in a kind of a, a scientific in terms of, uh, you know, how the body works and, and, and what works and how do you monitor, you know, monitor sleep, monitor, what, you know, what you eat, um, how you practice, you know, the periodization of you go hard for a certain uh, segment and then you also then you back it off and then you could do those things because you can increase it at levels that are not harmful to the players. Um, so there's all kind of, you know, the, the medical parts that it, that's, that's entailed in this. I just think it's a collaborative effort and when you have, you know, your like people like Andy, like you guys, like our our our, our sports performance group that Eric has, our, our medical staff, um, how you educate the players, how you educate the coaches, um, the equipment that we wear, um, you know, understanding that you know that it's it's a it's a physical game and there's there's high contact in a lot of a lot of areas, but you can do some things and practice best practice methods that, you know, can lessen some of those things that become, um, you know, become, you know, major issues if you don't pay any attention to them. So, uh, yeah, again, it's just, you know, being at the right place at the right time with leadership that, that says this is important. Student wellness, wellness center, mental health, that's critical as well. Sometimes we don't even talk about that as much as, as mental health and wellness because that, that's a critical component. Coach, I know with some of the work Andy did out there, um, you were looking at some specific details of, you know, of tackling, of maybe defeating blocks or playing defense in certain situations. And uh, a big part of that really, you know, you think about how our game has evolved. And, man, I think back to, well, it'd be, be the time you were playing. The NFL used to put out, like, yearly these these big hit videos, right, and stuff like that. And, like, oh, you watch them if you have them still. I don't think you could get them anymore, but it was just brutal, right? It, it was stuff. But, you know, we didn't, we didn't have at the forefront of our mind uh, anything that, like, you know, this, this isn't long-term, this isn't safe for the player. And I mean, cer- certainly there's been those, those catastrophic injuries over the course of the years, but, you know, for the most part, that guy was up, you know, a few plays later and playing, and we used to celebrate that. But now we're looking at this differently, that we, number one, we don't necessarily need to go out and, and, and demolish a guy, especially if he's in an unprotected situation, and the, the rules have evolved that way. I know that's something you were uh, looking at is is how do we still connect and and bring a player to the ground but avoid some of those targeting penalties or how do you tackle 
or what do you do to track and then you know maybe pull off or or you have that situation with a sliding quarterback those kinds of things so looking at it really I've said this game and you know being under attack a little bit in different areas is it's ultimately going to be saved by the coaches who are looking to evolve and, and understanding the rules and evolving the techniques and the things they're teaching I think that's the most critical part of our game right now in order to keep it strong and really advance and grow it is that it's in the hands of the coaches that it's on us to look at those and to go out there and and find the best resources on how can we learn this how can we do it better and I think you know at least with what Andy shared with me that's that's kind of been some of the objective of what you've been doing here at least in this week is did I describe that accurately yeah you did coach Uh, so Obviously, there's got to be a, a, a commitment to, you know, the program, you know, um, each program. And all of us have to speak for ourselves in terms of what we're doing, in terms of best practices. You know, um, I'm committed to prioritizing, you know, what we just talked about. I'm committed to educating the players, uh, coaches, and, and people associated with our program on those things that matter. And then uh, and identifying, you know, those things that, uh, that can be done to, 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 to continue the, the, the best practices and keep the safety and well-being of the player paramount. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's an ongoing process, and, and you're right. There's more incidences of concussions from other sports, but our, our, our sport is, is under attack. Uh, but we, we're going to have to do something and show that we are what we're teaching and what, we, what we're talking about, what we believe in, what we're prioritizing, how we're training, um, you know, we lose too many players at the, you know, in these summer, these summer months with heat exhaustion, heat exertion. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's too many of those things that happen. We, we have to, we have to educate ourselves better and, and just be cognizant and, and aware of the identifying markers, you know? And so as more, as much as you can, we can try to put things together from the, all the things that touch the program, ac- academics, wellness, uh, you know, the training room, uh, sports performance, how we coach and teach them trying to put the, the whole program together is, is the key. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're, we're by no means got it all right. And, you know, but, 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 but I, but I do pray that, uh, that our, our intentions and our actions and who we're connecting and aligning ourselves with is, dem- is demonstrating that, you know, what we, we want to be different. We want to try to do something different. And, and, and again, just uh, identify that the, the overall wellness, student wellness, and well-being and safety is, is our, our critical and main issue. Coach, we talked about a lot of different things today, and um, it's, it's obvious in your programs you guys are doing things the right way, and all your stops you've, you've had successes. Um, when you look at all the things you do, Coach, if I said, what's the key to you? What's that one thing that really gives your team the winning edge, that, the things that you do as a coach, what would you say that is? Wow. Um, I, I'd use two words. Okay. I'd say passion and then, and then and energy. You can control those things. You know, you can control your passion and how you feel about, you know, someone, the game, circumstances, and energy. You can control that. Um, you can't, you can measure a 40 yard dash time, the height and weight and all those things like that, the shuttle time, but those other two things you can't. And, and I just, I just personally, when a gun doesn't go off and the doctor says you're the match, I have I have no choice to be passionate and energetic about talking to you, being here, seeing my daughter going to grad school, 
having a chance to have an impact on other people's children that have said, Coach, here, take my son. I'd say those those are the two things. Well, Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk about some of these things, sharing us with us uh, some of the things that uh, are important to you and important in your program. I'm excited to see what you guys do here in 2019. So um, we will put uh, – I know your, your email address is on your website. Uh, for anybody looking for more information on Coach, it's tribeathletics.com. Check out the program there. And Coach is active on Twitter as well. We'll put his uh, Twitter handle – in our show notes so you can connect with them there as well. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck to you and the tribe in 2019. Well, thanks for having me on and to your listening audience. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that I become a, a regular listener now. And you know, Good luck to you and, and appreciate you being a coach, a mentor, and a teacher as well. So uh, have a great day. We'll talk soon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski for more news on the podcast as well as some great daily content. That's at Coach K Grabowski.